Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios. So last Friday, while Mackie was a poolside in Vegas. Oh, boy, was he ever. Yeah, yeah, I saw the I tweets. I know, I saw the Instagram pics. Yeah, I, I saw oh, the pictures. Yeah, the topless You photos. were poolside and clearly uh, not sober, which is fine. I mean, you shouldn't Hashtag be sober. put a shirt on it. <laughs> That's yeah, the best one yet. Not going to fight that, actually. <laughs> Your girlfriend tweeted that. Uh, okay, just quickly, how comfortable are you with no shirt on? Like, I, I mean, I would never not wear a shirt so i'm just curious how comfortable you are going shirtless serious question <laughs> declan's over there just laughing no i'm saying it's, it's a serious question because i would never i mean do i'm it. not I, with judd not in public i'm I totally uncomfortable i don't no. feel like mr olympia but i'm i'm there listen do you suck it in a little bit if i'm walking like so when i'm walking from the like the well so we were staying at um uh, park mgm which is the old monte carlo they just they renovated it like a couple of years ago. Okay, so there's like three or four pools outside. Pretty much every Vegas casino hotel has like nine pools and a bunch of bars and stuff. So when I'm walking the hundred yards from where I'm stationed to the bar, from your chaise lounge, I'm to not the just bar? yeah, I'm not like I'm definitely sucking it in to look a little better mm-hmm. than I normally would. Yeah, but I'm not. I think about five years ago, I just stopped really caring. Like, oh my God, do they think I'm fat? Like, well, I am kind of fat, so I it's I'm living my truth. <laughs> Which I admire. And, and when Good I'm one you, with my truth, I feel, I feel I great. Do, I, I do admire too. that. And I, I might I'm I don't even think you I go would. Shirtless? I might go shirtless poolside, but there's no way I'm putting that out there on social media or letting my girl or anybody else well, do it. In fairness, I think I was sleeping when it was put out, so okay. there's really nothing that can be done at that point. My but, truth you know. is that you don't deserve to see that. <laughs> The world doesn't deserve to see you shirtless. No, and I'm not. I'm just saying that you. No, you've done nothing wrong, so you shouldn't see my gut and hairy back. That's just. That's not fair I'm to with you. Judd. That's I'm not 100 with Judd. I will not subject you to that. You didn't wake up today thinking I'm excited to get on Twitter so that I could repulse you with my gut hanging out. So that's you guys just not go into when it's if it's 90 degrees and there's not a cloud in the sky and you're drinking a beer T-shirt and it's on. Vegas, baby. You got a little buzz on and you're hanging T-shirt. out and you're like you're going you're. Going yeah. in the pool with a T-shirt. I might. Or you're go, not going in the pool. Probably not going in the pool. Yeah, if I go wow. in the if if I go in the pool, I'll probably take my shirt off. I might be shirt in the pool guy though. So you guys but, are letting what other people might think, even though they're all drunk no, and no, don't care. No, it, it's not what they think. It's that they're what they're thinking and how they're feeling. 
is 100% right, and I shouldn't subject them to that. That's what it is. So, yeah, that's so pretty it's much more it. Like it's They're more, right. It's, I'm gross. It's more that you feel terrible about yourself. Yeah, I'm, I don't look good with my shirt off, so their disgust by that sight is 100% justified, and so why subject them to that? Right. But I, I think it's this, too. If Rami takes his shirt off and goes like towards the pool, and I'm guy with T-shirt on... I'm looking at you like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that guy took his shirt off. So I know that if I do the same, you're going to be thinking the same thing. So I'm not going to allow myself to be out there. So I think speak. the difference is in our dynamic here is I'm, it's not like I look in the mirror and see Ryan Gosling or anything. Okay. I, it's that I, I know that if I'm walking around, I know that you think, oh, that guy's definitely got a little, uh, little, little, little pouch, little pouch and yeah. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what Bob from uh, uh, Boston with his Red Sox cap on over there, or like some of these dudes who walk around with the barbed wire tattoos in Vegas and mm-hmm. the, the tank tops. <laughs> yeah. And yes. I'm like, that guy probably thinks, oh, look at that dad bod, right? And I'm thinking, bro, you have like a $500 ridiculous barbed wire tattoo, okay? <laughs> that's 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 one of the easy Vegas bingos to spot right there. The, the jorts, barbed wire tattoo. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah, people still up at 7 a.m. with yep. those little, like, sugary tube drinks. Do guys still wear jorts? Oh, in Vegas they do. Oh, boy. Do you have a pair of jorts, Judd? I feel like you would love a good pair of jorts. No, 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 no. If, if I did, a time, maybe? A long time ago, okay. perhaps. Yeah, no, no. So, All right, what's the take? To circle back, during the course of the show on Friday in Hour 1, Danny Cunningham joined us. And, and we started talking about the state of the wolves. And I thought it was a good discussion, mm-hmm. right? Intriguing. Yeah. Uh I wouldn't say we broke any new ground, nor did I expect to, until Rami said this. Rami? So, I don't even remember how it came up, but it came up that the next president of basketball operations, whoever they decide to hire, might come in here and do an audit of this team, and what's here, what do you have in terms of resources at your disposal, and resources can be... Salary cap money, resources can be uh, uh, draft picks, lottery picks. Resources can be guys on your current roster who you can trade for lottery picks or cap space or other players you think could better help you. He might get through that audit and realize, and this, this is a real possibility. I don't know enough about the Timberwolves' financial situation and everything or have the expertise that a president of basketball operations would, but this might be a real conclusion that that next president of basketball operations comes to that this team will not be relevant in the Carl Anthony Towns era. You don't have the cap space, you don't have the lottery picks, and you don't have the players to trade to put the pieces around Carl Anthony Towns for this team to be relevant and contend for championships in the next four or five years that you have Carl Anthony Towns under contract. If if I'm the president of basketball operations, and that's the conclusion that I've come to, Carl Anthony Towns will never have more value than he does now entering the first year of a max contract that almost any team in the NBA would be happy to take on because he produces on that level. I have to trade Carl Anthony Towns if that's the conclusion that I've come to as the president of basketball operations. You're fired. (laughs) Not, not not as a host, love as the you as president, host, as the president the of basketball operations. Yes. Tell me why. I'm trying to win championships. Sure. And if I can't win a championship now, or if there isn't a clear blueprint 
towards being a championship contender, then my philosophy always will be in the NBA and any other sport, blow it up, tear it down, rebuild and start over again. Because I'm not here, I'm not here to run in place. I'm not here for people to buy Carl Anthony Towns jerseys. I'm in the business of winning championships. So you go ahead and fire me if you want. I'm going to go somewhere else and win a championship, and you sit here and mire in mediocrity if you so please. The hardest thing to do, here, here's, the, here's the, the flaw. Even if you determine that it's unlikely the Timberwolves, for whatever reason, are going to be competitive the next three to five years, the duration of Carl Anthony Towns' contract, if you get rid of Towns, you've now punted on the hardest thing there is to do in the NBA, which is find a top five or ten superstar player. Okay. And we could sit here and debate whether right now Carl Anthony Towns is a top... I, I think he's one of the top 12 to 15 players in the NBA, and I could probably fight for top ten. I'd put him in top ten easy. And he's tr- and his trajectory is top five sometimes Agreed. soon. Like LeBron's coming out of it. Steph and Durant are, th- what, 30 years old, mm-hmm. going to come out of it in the next two or three years, and Towns is going to be right in there Top five player in the league, him, if Joel Embiid could ever stay healthy for more than a year and a half at a time. The hardest thing to do is to find that influential top five player in the NBA and spend the next eight years with a chance to build around him. If you get rid of him, you're back to the drawing board, praying and hoping for a number one overall pick or to luck box your way into a star player who you draft 15th or 20th overall. Here's something else I would add to that, okay? Once you reach a certain level of star caliber player or stardom, um, or I guess just once you just reach a certain level of effectiveness as a player, you're destined to win championships unless you're stuck with a criminally bad franchise, which is what's happened with Kevin Garnett with the Timberwolves. People think if you watch the NBA from afar the last 25 years, people think Tim Duncan's a better player than Kevin Garnett, and that's absurd. Kevin Garnett was a better player than Tim Duncan for 15 years. Duncan hit the lottery with Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford, Hall of Fame caliber teammates. And the Wolves were inept. Right. The Wolves did everything in their power for the 10 or 12 years KG was here to mess the whole thing up. So once you reach a certain caliber of player, you're destined to win championships unless it's the Wolves or the Kings or some other. So you're hoping that you can bring in a competent president of basketball operations to fix the trend of David Kahn's and mismanaged... Uh, rosters and draft picks players in the last 30 years to average 24 points, 12 rebounds and three assists under the age of 24, which is what Carl Anthony towns did this past season. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Joel Embiid, Shaq and Giannis and DeMarcus cousins. But DeMarcus cousins falls under the Sacramento Kings incompetent franchise category and then he blew his leg, was it his knee, blew his knee out, and now he's, we'll see what he is as a player after that. Um, if you look at other combinations of Towns at his age, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, etc., he's putting up numbers and productivity that no one in the history of the NBA has put up, but he's part of this incompetent dumpster fire franchise with a terrible owner. Your best bet is to find a president who can run this thing the right way Put the right pieces around him so you don't mess it up like you did with Kevin Garnett. He is the, if you are coming in from the outside to take this job with the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns is the only reason to take the job. And you build around him. Because that that's what I told you last week, too. I can't see, because we're not talking about a good player here, a nice player. We're talking about a generational superstar talent. Mm-hmm. And, and I get what you're saying about his 
value, but he is so good and has so much potential to be a great player that I have to build everything I do has to be considered with him as the central focus, never being subtracted. Okay, but we all we all agree that you need at least two, and in today's NBA, probably three, and the Warriors even got four superstars. And when DeMarcus Cousins, had he ever gotten healthy, you could argue that they had five superstars on the floor at one time if DeMarcus Cousins got back to being DeMarcus Cousins by the time the playoffs started. You have Carl Anthony Towns, right? You don't have anybody else to be part of a big three or a big four. If you, again, I don't have the expertise or the access to the Wolves' books and options that a president of basketball operations would. But if you get in there and you figure, you look at all possibilities, and by the way, in this hypothetical, which is probably the truth, you can't trade Andrew Wiggins. Nobody's taking that contract. So with that being said, if I look at the assets I have at hand or don't, and I and I go, there's no way I can find a two or a three to play along with Carl Anthony Towns. Everything you're saying about him individually and how much of a crapshoot it is to get a guy like that, Phil, is absolutely true. But what is that doing for you right now? And what is that going to do for you in the next few years if you can't assemble a big three or a big four around Carl Anthony Towns? If it's just impossible. And the problem that I have, though, is you will never maximize that player to get in, in return anything close that will allow you to say that was a good trade. That was my problem. Well, here, here's another way to look at this, okay? Five years ago, less than five years ago, the Brooklyn Nets traded everything. They went all in and traded all of their first mm-hmm. round picks for multiple years. And I believe even uh, some additional uh, second round picks to land. Was it Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce too? Like the, for sure, Kevin Garnett. There's three pieces, right? That got them to an eight seed and they got smoked in the playoffs. They just like, they, so they, they went for it. They came up short and they traded everything. So they were left with no assets, no picks, and no Carl Anthony Towns caliber players. And I get that the bottom of the Eastern Conference isn't exactly, you know, we're not exactly talking about a bunch of monster teams, but the Brooklyn Nets within five years with no assets and no star players got back to 42 and 40 and won a first round playoff game. And all I'm saying is teams with fewer assets and teams with, uh, with even, I would say, more down periods in the last three or four years have run their front office in a competent enough way to get out of the dumpster and if and be competitive. If the next add, add towns to the nets, if by the, the way. If the next president of the Wolves comes in here and sees that path that you're talking about, Phil, by all means attempt it. Let me be clear about what I'm saying. In this scenario that I'm laying out, this hypothetical, this president comes in does a full audit of this team, what's here, what assets it has to give to get better, and says, there's just no way I can make the Wolves relevant and contend for championships while Carl Anthony Towns is going to be here on this max contract. I then say, well, we got to trade him then. Yeah. I, I only have that conversation in three years from now when he has but two years But in three years, years he won't have this type of value. He'll still right, have- now, right now, whoever gets him is going to get 
is it four years or five years but of there's, contractual control? But the, but but if you trade him, I get what you're saying. But if you trade him, you're just hoping that one of the assets you get back could be Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so exactly. But you're also freeing up all that money to get the next Carl Anthony Towns, hopefully, and the other pieces that you'll put okay. around him. Here's you don't question. know how long it took to get a guy like this in this godforsaken town. Here's here's the question: Would you attach Carl Anthony Towns to Wiggins just to get rid of the contract? I might. <laughs> Uh, in other news is next. Right, it's time for us to talk to my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk. What you don't get from Josh is sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh. Quick look at your traffic. On I-35 northbound, we have a crash that's causing a four-minute delay between 694 and Ramsey County Road 96. Also on I-35, there's a crash between Diamond Lake Road and Rich and 62 in South Minneapolis as well as a crash on 94 West between Hamlin Avenue and Snelling. In other news. It is time for In Other News. Midway through the week, midway through the show, we like to take a break from that hard-hitting sports talk we bring you here at Score North and give you some of the uh, weird, wacky news from outside, sometimes from inside the world of sports. I told you guys I have a theme for mine today, and the theme is bravery. And are you as or more brave than the two stories, the two gentlemen involved in the stories that I'm going to talk about today? The first I like one, it. I like it. in other news, Dateline, Washington County, Oregon. An Oregon uh, sheriff says that there was nothing unusual about the call. Sure, it was broad daylight, 1.48 p.m., local time exactly, but crime can happen anytime, he was quoted saying. So the frantic call from a house guest about a burglar making loud rustling noises inside the house, specifically from within the locked bathroom, deserved an urgent response. Sergeant Danny DiPietro, a sheriff's spokesman, tells NPR, the man had just gone for a walk with his nephew's dog, and when he came back, he could see shadows moving back and forth under the bathroom door. Resources were immediately deployed. Three seasoned deputies, one with at least 20 years on the force, a detective who happened to be in the area, and two canine officers from Beverton Police Department about seven miles outside of Portland. They surrounded the Cedar Hills house, made their way inside, guns unholstered, and the whole time they were yelling, Sheriff and police, but the burglar wouldn't come out. He wouldn't say anything, DiPietro says. (laughs) Instead, the banging got louder, like a loud thud, thud, thud on glass. Officers assumed... The burglar was trying to escape, that he was trying to open a window and jump out and run away. Hearts pounding, guns ready to fire, they counted down and entered the bathroom, only to confront a rogue Roomba robot vacuum that was apparently doing a robot very thorough job. Robot Angel Hernandez. They said everyone just started cracking up. It was such a huge relief because it's the kind of situation that could go either way. It could end peacefully or DiPietro then trailed off. No one had any idea what was waiting for them behind the door, but they definitely didn't expect that. Um, My question to you guys is (laughs) when you're in your house or outside of your house and you maybe hear a noise coming from inside your house or you're inside your house, you hear a noise coming from outside. You think there might be an intruder is what I'm trying to get at here. Do you call the cops right away? Or are you the guy who goes and tries to find out what's going on and who is 
who is on my property or in my property. I've never encountered the situation before. Like you never I, heard like a noise in the middle of the night? Well, I've heard a noise in the middle of the night, but not enough to think for sure that it's a burglar. Okay. But if you're asking, like, when you hear a noise in the middle of the night, do you cower in fear and call 911? <laughs> or do you, or do you like, go halfway down the steps and kind of sniff it out? Yeah, I go halfway down the steps, knowing where a bat might be close by. Because this guy... Clear. It sounds like um, he was just like, "Oh my God, noise in the bathroom! Over Call there? the cops!" Yeah. Right? Didn't, and he, didn't he know that he had the? He was a house guest. Oh, okay. so he was walking his nephew's dog. He was apparently visiting the nephew. You know, if it wasn't my house and I was a guest, I, I don't know what. I... Dude, what's the most scared you've ever been inside your own home? Because I have, I have an example. <laughs> go, go you ahead. do. Like, go ahead. Just go came ahead. to mind. I was trying to think of one. Couldn't come up with one. Do you feel safe? Go ahead. So, I remember. I was a two-level house sleeping upstairs and just heard a pounding on the front door downstairs. Like, just pound, pound, pound. Wake up, middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, two like 2 o'clock, whatever time, dead of the night. Pound, 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 pound. And I go downstairs. I, I'm thinking, would a burglar knock that hard? Like, what is this? Is it an emergency? Open the door, and it was just some drunk college chick who went to the wrong door. <laughs> Oh, you answered it? <laughs> but for well, but like she wouldn't it was bam 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 bam, right? So I didn't answer for a little while and finally I flipped all the lights on and opened the uh like the whatchamacallit, the the shades on the door and that realized, okay, she's bombed and I just want her to go away. But like in the two minutes it took me to wake up, realize what was happening, and then go downstairs. Yeah. Heart palpitating out of my chest. Yeah, I can think you just reminded me of one jog my memory of one time similar situation, middle of the night. Me and the girlfriend fast asleep, and my uh, the the storm door on my front door. If you didn't push it shut, oh man, it didn't close all the way. So if if that happened and the wind started blowing, oh, yeah. it would wave open and shut, open and shut, yeah. and and make a loud banging noise. And then all of a sudden, Michael Myers is in your living room. And I heard that. I didn't know what it was. But I didn't call the cops. I had I keep a bat in my in my bedroom closet. I grabbed a bat in one hand. I put my dog on his leash. He was in the other hand. And we went downstairs to take care of business, dude. That's that's what you do, isn't it? You don't call the cops at the first sign of trouble, do you? Judd sends Don down. Oh, I might. Especially if you have like a dog who can, po- who can protect you. My dog can't. If somebody <laughs> is, then Stella. If somebody's pounding on my door and didn't stop, I might call the cops. I would not get my door. I don't get my door during the day. I don't get the door. There's no reason there unless you're expecting a delivery. There's no and I don't get the door. There's no reason in 2019 to ever answer your door unless you're expecting guests. There's not. Who's going to be there? I can give you because an example. delivery people now all drop stuff off. I can like, t- I can tell you one time I was happy I answered the door. Yeah. Uh, one of my neighbors down the hall. This was just a few weeks ago. Knocked on my door. I looked in my peephole. I don't know who this dude was because I don't communicate with people in my building and. Uh, but I opened it anyways, even not knowing who it was. I was like, he doesn't uh, look dangerous. He doesn't look suspicious. He's like, I don't see a weapon. Hmm? I opened the door. He was like, hey, man, you, you left your keys in the door. So, you see? Okay. Had I not answered my door. Somebody could have, somebody could you have know broken what? in later. Exactly. You know what? Leave them there. I'll find them eventually. <laughs> don't screw with my door and stay away from it. There's no compelling case. Once UPS and everyone started to drop off packages, there is no longer any reason to get your door ever. In other news... The story from Mashable.com. A student in Davis, California. And you guys, real quick, you guys have either heard of or experienced like weed brownies before. You don't have to say yes, but Jake, you know what weed yes. brownies yeah. are. Okay. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Rami's like, oh, yeah. I'd like some. Rami's like, weed pizza, <laughs> weed, 
Hey, if you want to make it and bring Hot it in. Cheetos, go, chicken. Go right ahead. The man can cook, okay? A student in Davis, California, has claimed that around two weeks ago, she and a co-conspirator gave nine classmates cookies containing not weed, but her grandmother's ashes. Oh, oh Nana. Oh. Actually, you know what? It was grandfather's ashes. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, that's at, all right. at least some of the students were aware things. that there were ashes in the cookies before they consumed them. What? They knew and still consumed them. What? Yeah. Others huh? were apparently unaware and were horrified when they found out. So far, it's unclear why the student felt motivated to bring the desserts with human remains in them to school. Since the cookies have already been eaten, it's also unclear how we can be sure they contained uh, ashes at all. Although a classmate of the alleged perpetrator said he didn't believe her until she pulled out the urn. Why would you do that to people? Why would these people purposely eat them knowing that the ashes were in them? By the way, uh, the principal of the academy maintains, quote, there is no health risk to our campus or to any of our students. In case you're on the fence about putting grandma's ashes or grandpa's ashes. There's in granddaddy. So, hold on a second though. People, some people knew about this and ate them anyway. Sounds like it, yeah. If you guys, hey, a brownie's if, a brownie, man. I'm... <laughs> You gotta be really hungry, don't okay, you? Okay, what if like if Declan if Declan or no or even Rami like uh-huh. Rami's a wonderful cook. Sure. Say Rami brought in sure, those, those flaming hot Cheetos chicken tenders that you made. Chipotle ranch right? Cheetos. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was mm-hmm. so good. You bring those in I'm and in. and Judd is just is wolfing them down. He's enjoying them. <laughs> and Declan's enjoying them. But then you turn to me and say, Do you want some? Oh, by the way, uh I also put my uncle's Dead that's body ashes that's in the in breading. Here. I mixed that with the crushed up Cheetos. <laughs> but like after watching Judd enjoy them and Declan enjoy them, I might be like, well, if they taste good, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But they said that there's no health risk. Well, that's what the principal of the academy said. He's not a light. Sound like a good state physician. fair booth. It sounds all right to me. <laughs> I got to be honest. If I was really hungry, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just ashes. Brings new meaning to grandma's chocolate chip cookie recipe. It <laughs> it's granddaddy, okay? <laughs> My bad. Sorry. In other news, a pizza restaurant in Springtown, Texas, had to close this weekend after it was discovered that employees had put laxatives on at least one pie. On Friday night, the spring what is wrong with you people. On Friday night, the Springtown Police Department got a call about possible food tampering at wait for it, Mister Jim's Pizza location. Apparently, one of the employees posted on social media that they were putting Miralax, a brand of laxatives, on pizzas, according to a Dallas Fox affiliate. Yeah, that's hilarious. Authorities said three employees admitted putting the laxative on at least one pizza that ended up being eaten unknowingly by a co-worker, the employee who ate the pizza. The prank pizza got sick, but the people who made the pizza denied putting laxatives on the pizza purchased by the public. The city's health inspector, not surprisingly, pulled the business's health permit and shut down the restaurant until an ex- inspection scheduled for Monday. As of Monday afternoon, the pizza joint remained unopened. But Miralax is a gentle laxative as someone who has taken plenty of Miralax. <laughs> well, thank you! Let me just throw that out there. Oh, Can I just, a gentle laxative. It's not, you're saying they did somebody a favor? Yeah, yeah it's, so not like, it's not Dumb this and like Dumber a... style where you're like off your feet or off the toilet. It's just so telling what? you it's it's time to use the bathroom, man. So you're so basically what you're saying is this is almost like a nice dietary supplement. Yes, it's, it's needed. It's okay, needed well then sometimes. I take this back. This, sto- this story is... I am is... a regular. As a guy who's had those problems, it's in my bathroom at all times. I don't have Tylenol. I am near lax. I need my sink. Declan's like, what's the pizza place? Yeah, what's this pizza place? How far do they deliver? Mr. Jim's Pizza. You fly it out. You look on the menu and under toppings, it says Miralax. 
All right, I mean, Declan just took that and, and improved it a lot. Thank you, Declan. <laughs> okay, um, in other news, and uh, this story comes to us from, uh, I don't know where it comes from. I'm going to say New York. Uh, so I don't know if you guys remember, but a few months ago, I remember hearing about this story, but not all the details. The The family boss of the Gambino crime family was he was killed? He was assassinated, and I remember hearing that's the story. House, right? Yeah, and I remember yeah. hearing the story and just thinking, "Mob hit, right?" That's that's how Godfathers die. That's how the bosses of crime families die. Sure. Well, today, Anthony Camello, twenty four, was jailed without bail as his attorney expressed fears about the accused killer's continued safety behind bars and announced plans for a pretrial release application, which would include an ankle bracelet. Camello was arrested March 16th for the brutal execution three days earlier of Mafia boss Frank Frankie Boy, real original Cali, outside his Staten Island home. Camello arrived at the home inside his truck, crashed the vehicle into the mobster's parked SUV, and opened fire on the unsuspecting Cali when the boss came out to investigate, cops said. So it sounds like a mob hit, right? Maybe an opposing crime family mob hit, whatever. Sources indicated the suspect's fingerprint was recovered from a license plate on the victim's damaged Cadillac Escalade. Camello was officially indicted for second-degree murder and two counts of criminal possession. Camello reportedly angered by the boss's interference in his romantic pursuit of a Cali relative pumped ten bullets into the doomed boss. Really? This was not a mob hit. This was just a guy who was in love and Mr. Callie, old Frankie, was uh, Frankie boy, was trying to get in the way of love, and this guy was not letting anybody, including a mob boss, is, uh, get in the way of love. Oh, so my. this guy, so this guy, basically put his life. I mean, he's going to get killed himself, probably. Now. And that's what his lawyers Over worried love? about that there's a hit out on him. Yeah. So my question of is, all the people not to rub out. We're all in committed relationships. I don't know about you guys. I love my girl to death. Well, no, not to death because I would stop short of that. Like if there was a <laughs> if there was a Gambino family crime boss who's like, "Hey man, cut it off with your girlfriend." I'd be like, "No problem, okay. dude." <laughs> Plenty of fish in the sea. Right, exactly. Oh yeah, you'd be Yeah, I'm each other on social media. I am complete I am out. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. I love I'd do anything for you short of killing a crime boss. But I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That is insane. Man. One guy is too scared to go in the bathroom to check out the noise that the Roomba is making. The other guy is killing Cam- Gambino crime family bosses because of his over a girl. So did Frankie Boy tell him to back off? He must have. All, I mean, all it says here is that he was angered by the boss's interference in his romantic pursuit of a Cali relative. Wasn't boy. there? Wow. Wasn't there something like this on The Sopranos? Wasn't Meadow dating like? A young. I got to be honest. I didn't watch enough of The Sopranos to be able to speak your language. I no longer respect you, Phil Mackey. Anybody here watch The Sopranos? I watched a, cu- a couple of years, but no, I, I don't, don't remember. Unless it's Miralax, yeah. I'm right. keeping the mic on. Rami's out. I got to find Yeah, I was going to say, do you want Declan to add more than he's added? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there was a storyline in The Sopranos where Meadow, Tony Soprano's daughter, was dating like uh, a, a, a young Italian guy who was the son of another crime family boss and they weren't competing they were like they worked together but tony just didn't want her in that lifestyle so he tried to put the kibosh on it and 
I think this dude came just short of attempting the hit. Like he had a, his gun in his hand, he was stalking Tony, and then thought better of it. I think this was a storyline in The Sopranos. She did date Turtle and Entourage for a season. She did. Yeah. No. So there's that. That's my contribution to the HBO. There it is. That's when you knew that there. Entourage was completely unrealistic. Yes. When Turtle was dating. Speaking of Turtle Soprano. from Entourage, I feel like Jonathan Harrison reminds me like a little backwards hat on Jonathan Harrison. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's throw it out for a couple minutes here to Allianz Field where. John Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar are uh, going to be holding it down tonight. Minnesota United FC, LA Turtle. Galaxy tonight. Dan and Jonathan, what's going on out there? Did you really just say I was Turtle from Montage? Well, you're not. You're certainly not Vinny. You're not <laughs> Vinny Chase. Well, no, God, there's no one that's Vinny Chase but Turtle. <laughs> who, who do you Who do you want to be? Because this is radio. You can be who you want to be. Well, if I want to be anybody, it's going to be Vinny Chase, but it's yeah, he's a turtle. Sorry, no, I guess I'm right. wrong. You can't be By anybody way, you want to be. Let's start off here. <laughs> I was wrong. Sorry. Let's start off here. Judd, did you just say? Did you just refer to someone killing someone as rubbing someone out? Yeah. That's, that's not what that means. No, that also no, means I'm, that. Just, I'm just letting you know that's I, not what that I, means. It has more than one meaning. That is yes. an old that is an old mafia term. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not what it means anymore. Well, okay. if the kids don't get get it, that's fine because it's AM and everyone listening totally got what I meant. <laughs> All the old people like me out there know what it means. Yeah, but when it gets to podcasts, then oh, then it's really oh, yeah. Disturbed. But you know what? The FCC don't care about that, so they're gonna Fair be like that Zolgad. Yeah, essentially, it works for every audience. <laughs> this guy's like Howard Stern. Oh, that, that should be a tattoo for you, Judd. The FCC. FCC don't care. The FCC don't care. See it? I'm speaking the kids' language now, Dan Terhart. Key to life. Man. Uh, what, all right, what's going to happen tonight uh, on the pitch? Pre-game starts at 6.30, kickoff at yep. 7. What do you guys think is going to happen tonight? Uh, we're probably going to see Zlatan score, I'd imagine. Boy, Zlatan, Zlatan. You know, Zlatan Johnny here, Johnny's, Johnny. got, a, Johnny's right, got an issue with, with Zlatan. Issue. I'm just glad that they didn't bump into each other down in the hallway. It would have been <laughs> ugly and awkward. It would have been really awkward. He now, might Zlatan's fly home, probably- Dan. With Zlatan, it'll be like, where'd Harrison go? Oh, he's on the charter. You know, I refer to, I refer to Zlatan as Rami 2.0. He's like, like he's like the much upgraded version of. He's like tall. He's ripped. We look similar, like in the face, hair, and yes, beard, you and are everything. Definitely long distant brothers. But he's like athletic and fit and and stuff. can score miraculous goals and speaks in third person. Right, exactly. Rami doesn't do that. Rami doesn't do any of those things. Go ahead, Jonathan. Tell us what Zlatan's going to do tonight, and then... Uh, Zlatan will probably score a goal, I'd imagine. Um, but we've got an interesting lineup from both teams where... Yeah, I can't really say it yet, but yeah, interesting lineups for both teams. It's going to be a fun game, and it's the second game here at Allianz Field. It's going to be quite an at- atmosphere. People are already starting to flow in. The gates are open now, so Wonderwall's starting to fill up. We're just above awesome. the Wonderwall today. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, not- everything's great about this building. It's yeah. it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. It's, it's a tough match for, for Minnesota. If they can uh, shut down um, Zlatan and, uh, you know, Mandy... I- if they get into a scoring battle with this guy because all he does is score goals, it, it'll be a tough night. But I mean, if you can we'll shut see. him down, he's the only one who scores for them, so you're good. Yeah, well. they don't have much secondary scoring, so <laughs> you know that's you got that going for you. But yeah, you know what? When a guy like this comes into town, it's fun to watch because you know you combine what is he six five, Jonathan? Yeah. So when you reach up to hug him, it's like about here. <laughs> all right, he's dreamy. I don't know that I can reach that high. Six five and he's fast and he's he just it's fun to watch him but hopefully he doesn't uh, doesn't do much damage tonight and they can find a way looking for their first win here so that's kind of the key here is get get the first three point match at Allianz Field hopefully it hopefully it happens tonight. All right, 
I feel bad because we just butchered the clock, and now we're only giving Pat a few minutes. So, Pat, we're sorry. It won't happen often. But if you want to oh, predict... I, hear, uh, I must hear the Allianz field in the background here on my phone. So oh. Must be it. So I heard uh, Milwaukee's Mrs. Meisel today wanted to trade cat. Huh? That's, uh, that's a spike. <laughs> that's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> I think we got to give it a couple of years here and see if they somehow get lucky at the lottery the next two years and land another superstar, and then you could win something, and uh, maybe you could get a guy in here smart enough to move Wiggy, and then you're just fine. Oh, if you can do that. Yeah, you've unlocked you've yeah, unlocked well, everything. Yeah, Absolutely. You, you don't know if, you don't know if you can do that if you if you walk in here in June and trade Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who's probably going to be the best player you've ever had in franchise history. No, the first option I would explore would be trade Wiggins. Points than Garnett. Right. Well, yeah, but it's you know then you're going to probably have to give up a number one and take take a number two and uh, do a bunch of other stuff. So I don't know what they can do with Wiggy. So. Anyhow, I'm rooting for Calvin Booth, though. I think he's smarter than John. I think he's got more experience in this kind of stuff than Chauncey Phillips. Yeah. And you need, you need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. You don't need somebody with a big personality who you all like, but you don't know if he's a, a, a basketball executive or not. You need an experienced executive to get him out of this mess. Why do I still have to watch Angel Hernandez umpire and, call, and have home plate, Pat? Because you got something to talk about. You're doing a three hour. You're doing three hours of stock radio every day. You need Angel back there. You know what? That's actually a good point. I'm missing a few pitches once in a while. But uh, I thought by Angel standards that wasn't even a disaster. <laughs> you only missed what eight, ten pitches, maybe. That's so, the sad thing is yeah. you're not wrong. No, yeah, that's that's okay. I mean, uh, uh, you know, that's that's something to talk about. He's uh, it's amazing how they, uh, you know what. They broke their union once when the idiots all resigned, the dummies. And uh, but they they they've got their strength back now. And Angel, as we've talked about, he's a genius by filing that lawsuit. So they can't mess with him right now. He didn't throw anybody out off the bench anyway, like Mark Carlson did. So that's uh, that's good. Pat, do you think Rob Manfred is if you, if you had to audit his first few years as commissioner, give him a review? What would you what would you say about Rob? Manfred? Uh, you know, Terry Ryan used this. Judge uh, baseball on a scale of two to eight, eight being the top, I'd give him a three. He's done nothing. Yeah. He's uh, talked a lot, a lot of noise, and so far, basically, we've only limited the rip trips to the mound. That's, what else has he done? To, to yeah, 12, by the way. To, the to 12. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, we used them last night. They yes. Were, they were falling. We used three of the inning last night. Shorty walked out there three times, man. It was getting, that's a lot of steps on those little legs of Wes's to make out there, too. But we were wearing out. But not only were the pitchers getting tired, Wes was getting tired. But then, yeah, they, they maxed him out. Because Dick, Dick was saying that's five trips there. And then he spent, but the scoreboard only said four. Dick was very upset. He went to game to end. You know, that was my uh, theory for ending these long innings and ties in baseball. If you go after, if you go 10 innings, whoever's got the most mound business left wins. <laughs> my uh, tiebreaker. <laughs> that's what it should that be. Was my tiebreaker, but uh, that's not, I guess they're not going to uh, go through with that one. So. <laughs> Uh, what does your uh, what does your gut tell you about what Rick Spielman and company are going to have cooking at 18 tomorrow night, Pat? Ah, they're going to take the best. After all the nonsense, uh, they're going to take the best offensive lineman. That's because uh, there'll be a couple of good ones, I would think. Unless 
some defensive tackle is just one of the killer defensive tackles. One of the two of them, if one of those guys happens to be left, it might take him. But I, I think they're going to take a lineman, offensive lineman. How did you get that answer from Rick? Rick won't tell the beat guys anything. You go out there for one day and get the greatest Spielman quote in the last five well, years. Here was the secret. It was I did. I knew I didn't want to give him the out by just saying that the fans were having angst over this. I so I I thought about it for a minute. And I say maybe if I ask him if he can understand the fans' angst, he might because uh, I wanted okay. him to put. I wanted to put him in a situation of having to rip the fans, <laughs> so I didn't think he would do that. So anyway, anyway, that was that was my strategy as I was uh, contemplating how I could get him to actually answer a question. So sounds like a gotcha question from Pat Royce. Yeah, I was well, not really. But you know, he had some fun for once in his life at that thing. Wasn't it nice to see him have a little? It was fun for a minute, except for the yeah. forced laugh. The, the Rick Force laugh is painful to listen to, Patrick. I don't know. So why do was, why uh, do guys, why do NFL GMs and coaches mostly feel like they can't have fun? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very serious business. You know, they believe the uh, they call it the war room. <laughs> That's why you gotta know. They call it the war room. You know, I almost said something there. They call it, though. That's why. They call it, they think they're in combat here. That's why. It's the mentality. It's uh, it's the whole, this is really serious. And if we let somebody else spend 45 minutes more in the office uh, during the week before the game, if we're not there till midnight, we're going to get beat. And that whole mentality of uh, they're in combat, I guess. It's true. They don't, they don't value rest. In the NFL. Who's going to the soccer game tonight? Anybody going over there and partying? Well, we sent Jonathan over there to do uh, to do pregame. I still have not been there for a game yet, so i got to get over there Sunday. Go Sunday. 1230, I think. Oh, yeah. what a gorgeous night for it, though. If this had been an old Chicks game from 50 years ago, there would be a jail full of youth in uh, Bloomington. <laughs> there would be moral charges, moral charges up. Uh, you know, they'd have a long court docket there. Right? I don't know if they still do all that. Uh, there's not a big parking lot to do all that stuff in uh, for the I don't think... for the uh, United, but there would be a pretty good party tonight, I would think, outside on a day like this. I don't think the youth of today does in RVs what the youth of the 70s did, Pat. <laughs> They didn't do them in RVs. They did them under RVs oh. on top of RVs. Get <laughs> in there and up against RVs. <laughs> Anywhere but in there? Yeah, why not in the RV? Why not in the RV? It seems much more comfortable. Somebody else's RV, Rami. It wasn't Oh, there. okay. No. I see. All they right. were just looking for shelter. I get it. In case it was raining. <laughs> something to brace. Something to brace themselves. That's what they needed. Been there. <laughs> Been there. I get it now. Okay. It was the greatest. It was the greatest, man. It was Sounds unbelievable. Like it. Yes. I was just, I was a generation, I was a half a generation too uh, old for that uh, party in that parking lot, though, unfortunately. Maybe it'll be like veteran, the old vet, where we just put a jail cell in the basement of Allianz Field if it, you know, if it gets too rough. I just missed it myself. That looks, uh, that looks like it's going to be fun, though, man. What a stadium. It's fantastic. Yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I don't drink anymore. I can see myself sitting there in the brew house having 12 vodka tonics. Oh, yeah. Oh. Things could get away from you, you fast. Well, you would have to take out a second mortgage to do that, though. <laughs> if we could go I back in time. 
What's a gin and tonic cost you? Fifteen bucks here? Probably. I bet it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know, but you uh, know what? It's yeah. always it's life's always better when you have a <laughs> scarf around your neck and a gin and tonic in hand, though. That's... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like this. What do you do on a nice night like this? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You just you deal All with the, the sweaty neck. You just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I almost went tonight. I thought about it, so I was very proud of myself. So. Yep. Anyway, I Pat, thought about that. We'll talk to you tomorrow before the draft. All right. Okay, let's go. All right.